and the post show. Post show. Turn post. me back up. So you're turned up. Okay, I like. I sort of like having a background music for the post show. I think it. it I think it goes along well. So I'll, I'll do this. Uh, all right, let me pull it down a little bit. There you go. Ah, so this is nice. This is a nice show. There's yeah. no no like <laughs> watermelon dorados. To... <laughs> However, those are fun. I mean, well, the, the great thing is, I was listening to the show, um, and the it's very funny because we we forget that there is an entire another beer left. We're yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> and then we're we're like saved by there being another beer for us. To oh, I forgot to talk about America. So I was wrong last week. It's not just something they approved. They're they, they're out in the stores already. America Budweiser is out. So I was wrong. Wow. Okay. So there is just. America beer. Yes, it's, it's not. It's not what Greg just tweeted to to us. No, it what, was what, actually what he America. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. No, no, no. I was wrong. I thought that they were just kind of getting their trademarks, you know, for something they may do, but they did it. They pulled the trigger on that shit. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Um. I really want to talk about that on the main show too, but I forgot. Well, what what would you say? What what is your what would your Oh, just because last week I said, oh, they didn't they have you know, they hadn't done something. I just wanted to update, you know, almost like an errata. I was wrong. Yeah. So, what would you what would you say on the show? What would you say about it? What is your opinion of it? I have more of an opinion about that hard cider marketing than I do about America. <laughs> we didn't talk about the hard cider marketing. Did yeah, so I was watching the Penguin game last night, and I was complaining to Greg that, like, watching hockey game on NBC Sports Network, they have, like, ten commercials. They're running the McDonald's commercial where it's a wedding, and the, the, the wedded couple doesn't have time to eat. And when they hop in the limo, there's a McDonald's meal waiting there with a note from Dad saying, Hey, you don't have time to eat at your wedding. Here's your McDonald's, you know? And then they rolled out. They rolled out the. Imagine that's your wedding, and your dad's like, "Well, hey, you didn't have time to eat. Here's McDonald's for you." That's the kind of. They roll down the window and give their dad a smile and drive off. So I've seen that a dozen times last night. What other commercials have I seen? Is there? I mean, who gets excited about McDonald's? Little kids, but no, like no adults get excited about McDonald's. I don't know. Like, There's always four cars in line at the drive-in. Like, right, but you don't always. get excited about it. It's just easy. Yeah, I guess. You're not like, oh my god, I get to have a McDonald's cheeseburger. Well, that's what their marketing's trying to change, right? So let's see, what are the commercials they play way too much? They play... Oh, shit. Why can't I think of the other ones? Oh, there's... Uh, no. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> no. They, no. They, so... All the other NBC Sports hockey games until now, no hard cider commercials. And then this last one, not only are they running commercials like every break, but they spot they're sponsoring like the Power Plays or something. And this is the Forge's Smith and Forge hard cider, and it's like made strong, like the founders of the country. And they're these really <laughs> polished. Com- Oh, that reminds me of those. You know what I hated when I was a kid? Sorry, I hate to break in here, but we're talking about the, the Forge and struggle. When I was a kid, uh, I kind of had like a big OCD issue, and there was a, the Chevy had this Heartbeat of America campaign. Uh-huh, okay. And it had boom, 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 
bum bum is the heartbeat of America, right? And I would just, I would get so like aggravated by it. Uh, I was old enough at the time to know that eventually this campaign would go away. But I was like counting the years they had this bum 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 thing. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think I'm, I'm annoyed by it now, but at the time, ugh, it, it, it just totally, it was like nails on a chalkboard. So the commercial that I hated was also a car commercial, and I have sworn that I will never buy a Nissan because of it, is the Zoom Zoom Kid. Oh, right, okay. Remember yeah. the Zoom Zoom well, Nissan? Was that, was that Nissan or was that like Mazda? Isn't, that was Mazda, right? Or was it Mazda? Okay, so I've since forgot which brand I swore I'd never buy. <laughs> I guess it was Mazda. That fucking Zoom Zoom kit. I will never buy a Nissan or a Mazda because... I didn't because know. that kit. Because Mazda. <laughs> yes. Oh, they fucked up Nissan for you. <laughs> <laughs> so the Smith & Forge is made by a DBA in Memphis, Tennessee called uh, Uncharted Cider Company. Mm. Which is a Miller Coors brand. And I love this. Go to cidersage.com and look at their Smith Forge review. First paragraph. I'm not going to beat around the bush on this one. Smith and Forge Hard Cider is one of the worst ciders I've ever tried. (laughs) And uh, basically it sounds like it tastes like condensed apple juice with some booze added to it. Like it's so cloyingly sweet. Well, I want to try the the uh, Boston like line of waters that are alcohol. I just want to see what that. Remember that that was like we weren't sure whether April Fool's joke or not. I'm still not sure. Wait, but which it, one? They're just like flavored waters that are also alcoholic. Oh, I'm, I don't remember that. Okay, let me t- let me see if I can find it here. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a problem. I mean. If it works, it works. Let them let them have their let them sell their mm-hmm. their shit. But they are, I can't believe how much. I mean, it's Miller Coors. I can believe it now. But when I was watching this, I'm like, Smith and Forge. How? And it's in the TV. It says Memphis, Tennessee. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but that's got to be one of the big brands because I mean, they spend a million dollars on sponsorships and commercials for one hockey game. It's like craziness. Maybe maybe not a million, but. It, they were omnipresent. This is Spike Seltzer, the Truly brand. Okay. Spiked and sparkling. Grapefruit, uh, lime, and pomegranate. Seltzer water that has alcohol in it. Hmm. It, it feels like they're like they're grabbing on that water... Uh, yeah, that's weird, right? Flavored I mean, water trend and then putting alcohol in it. People drink, the reason people drink flavored water or seltzer water is because it's like no calorie. Now you're putting in empty alcohol calories. Right. Well, they say only two grams of carb per serving. I don't know how much a serving is, right? <laughs> serving like four, four of, you know, they're four in this bottle. Who knows? Right. They can also make sure it's a gluten-free beverage. But, uh, you know, I'm curious about how the Smith Forge is going to affect the perception of ciders overall. You know, because it's a couple things. It's going to 
makes cider more aware to mm -hmm. a lot of people. They're marketing it to men. These are very manly commercials. They're not marketing it, marketing Smith Forge to right. women. The, but you know, then when the man buys this cider, it's this fruity, cloyingly sweet drink, right? So, I like which is going well because, yeah, I mean they're they're focusing on perception as opposed uh, like well, sure your the perception of you for drinking it as opposed to the perception of what it is you're. Well, you're drinking. You're drinking an image. I mean, that's yeah. all this is. Yeah, right? but they're not going for like this is this will put hair on your balls type thing. It, it's more of a, this will just make you look strong, and at the same time, it'll be this sweet, gooey thing. I, I don't know. It's it's not like like a scotch or a brandy, right? <laughs> or not a not brandy, a scotch pull, or a pull up a one of their commercials. I think it kind of saying it's going to put hair on your balls. I don't know. Let's, well, no, well, that, that, that's well, I'm sure that's the the impl but right. but the the drink is not just ordering it is. Mm -hmm. Right. right. It's not like, like Jägermeister where you fight pull, pull you up, fight to drink it down. Pull up a commercial. I just think right. that I think you should see it and we can let the what, listeners listen called? to it. Smith, uh, Smith and Forge Hard Cider. They had two different commercials on last night. Uh, probably want to watch the one with the... Uh, All right, it says Buford and Lumberjack. Is it Lumberjack? Let's see. Yeah, probably... Mountain? The, the one Quarry. with the... These are all like 15 seconds. Oh, here, this one down here. The Conestoga Wagon one. Even though that's the one they ran the most. All right. <laughs> so many too clicky many, clicks. Too many windows. All right, here we go. This is Smith & Forge. A superior hard apple cider inspired. Okay, now let's let's talk about this. So it's a covered wagon mm -hmm. with there's like a Winona Ryder looking person in sort of her like uh, what was that movie uh, based on the book? Um, Scarlet A. I don't know. Oh, She's God. wearing the settlers type yeah, garb. Yeah, What was? Damn it! Not the Crucible. Um, I know you. The Scarlet Letter. I guess um, she's wearing a bonnet, yeah. and so there's a guy. But she notice she's sitting in the front seat of yeah. the wagon. He's kind of in the cargo area, standing behind her to, right. the, to her left. He's got a big stein. Uh, he's wearing sort of like Deadwood lawyer. Yeah, he actually he looks like the one guy from Deadwood. Uh -huh. Who's the guy from Deadwood with the white hair and the mustache? Uh, not, I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's one of the things I want oh, okay. to watch. But no, no. I mean, they actually he looks like the one character. Yeah. He wasn't a, from day one, but he came in later in the season. So it's a little anachronistic because he has, he has a stein and he has a modern bottle <laughs> yeah. with a paper label on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, like it's on a covered wagon. I guess the, the woman is just sort of staring off in the distance. By the cider the pioneers drank, and they okay, now, all right. It cuts to there are no horses on this wagon, so that's why she's in the front. She's not controlling the horses because you wouldn't want a woman to do that. There's a Cal Drogo guy. Looks like he's carrying. He's a, he's a he's a lumberjack guy, right? Okay. Big beard. Yeah. He's yeah. He's lifting the wagon over his head and walking. So the 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 twisting and like bumpiness of the wagon wasn't the wagon's wheels on the road, but it's this guy's carrying right. the wagon. Seems like the wheels are just at this point. Not necessary. Mm -hmm. They just extra weight, really. Yeah, whatever. There's a spare one there too. 
Okay, so the guy has... Alright, so the guy has a snake wrapped around his leg and a coyote chomped on his arm. Let's go back to that. Okay, yes. And he's wearing suspenders. Oh, he's got he's got an I didn't look see that he took one arm off the wagon. I missed that when I watched this like eight times he's last night. Sort of rubbing his head. That's gonna yeah, that's gonna make the balance all wrong. Well, maybe he's a Jedi. There were Amish Jedi's? Well, you know, I mean, that's part of the thing with the whole Empire Strikes Back. Luke with Yoda on his foot, the center balance is oh, off. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So he must have been using the Force yeah. to keep his balance. Yeah. Okay, well, so, all right. So then when they go to the, um, play it again, when they go to the voiceover, the guy from the wagon is now trying to shake the coyote this off the guy's arm. Smith and Forge, a superior hard apple cider inspired by the cider the pioneers drank. And they traveled this country on foot. Smith and Forge, hard cider, the way it's supposed to taste. Right, inspired by the cider the pioneers drank. To me, that sounds like they probably drank some pretty foul shit. Yeah, I, well, I haven't tried it. But I'm saying, if you're pioneering, you're not spending time making delicious booze. Right? You're making rutgot. To make you forget about what a shitty day you well, had. Well, I mean, the main reason why you're making alcohol is because you Water's can't drink safe. water. Right. Yeah. So your requirement is to make something that's safe to drink. Right. Not something that tastes good. Right. So cider inspired by what the pioneers drank <laughs> is something that's safe to drink. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that is... Yeah. But I mean, normally that would, like table beer strength even less, right? It'd be around 1 or 2%. Um... The other interesting thing about it is that look at the color of this cider. It looks it's like iced tea. tea. Yeah, they don't say they add artificial coloring to it or coloring any kind of coloring to it. But I don't know how you get cider that dark. That is that. very dark for a cider. It looks like blood in your urine dark. <laughs> <laughs> like go to the doctor dark. <laughs> uh, so you know, try Smith and Forge if you like condensed apple juice. Flavored cider. May you fill me up with a little bit of I water, please? Fill you up, absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Allie's last soccer game with her, you know, severely underskilled team today. We finally found a team that was like matched with us. We won, but it wasn't, you know, it was like the first time we didn't get blown out like eight to nothing. So there was one other team that we played in the entire season that was like even close to where we were. There you go. So, I know you don't care at all, but maybe someone listening does. And uh, Allie scored two goals and assisted on two others. It was fun. Had fun today. It's funny. Four or three of the kids on the other team, I coached in the fall. And um, we're not great players, you know. So, it's like, maybe, maybe that's it. I set them up to... uh, (laughs) play against me. I don't know. It's funny. But... Anyway, what do you got? Hit me. I don't have anything, really. I, I made my little eye thing for you so I could explain rotation as mm-hmm. it relates to eye. I, mean, I think it's a little nice little tool that I had in my mind. It was one makes something bigger, but it, mm-hmm. it works. It's just, it's, it's just a square with a graph, and it has a little... Um, thing in the center. Imagine a square clock with right. one arm. Right. And just all you have to do is think about you put it in one quadrant and 
you multiply by I, and that just shifts it to the next quadrant, going counterclockwise. And so that's the whole idea of mm-hmm. I is, is related to rotation. It's just moving around this the center point. The interesting thing about here is that that means zero is not just a, a real number, it's also an imaginary number. Okay. So I'm imaginary. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. But anyway. Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, any science things you're interested in? Oh, did you see the thing I posted in the general channel about how trees sleep? <laughs> Something about that, yeah. So, I mean, sleep is... Sleep may definitely be an overloaded term for what's happening, but, I mean, so birch trees that were done in this study, their branches droop on average four inches at night, and there are two plausible things here. One is that the, um, whatever they call the the hydraulic pressure that happens in trees, there's another name for it, but... Um, it's sort of like capillary action, right? It's the, right, right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to say hydraulic pressure, but if you can find the name, I'll change. That um, when the tree is active and you know converting sun, doing um, photosynthesis, that the pressure is higher, which makes the tree more rigid, uh, is part of it. The more I think the more interesting hypothesis that they have is that uh, some plants have circadian rhythms, that this is a circadian rhythm, and that, you know, it's... Since the leaves don't have to be pointing towards the sun at night, you know, they can droop or twist mm-hmm. or whatnot, and it's saving energy by not keeping that rigid stance when I it doesn't need to. Sure, yeah. So, you know, I think it's more interesting that even trees have developed that kind of... I mean, other plant, it's well known, I think, that other plants have circadian rhythms, but, you know, just trees in general, I don't think it's been well known. I do think that there's a... There's a disconnect that people think when they think of plants and animals as different, and like to me, I don't, I don't have that distinction. I think that they're very, very similar. In fact, yeah. uh, they're they they're exploiting different niches for sure, but they are just as sophisticated in terms of their uh, in, in terms of their adaptability and and their uh, you know what they're doing to exploit the environment. Yeah, I mean, we're biased, right? You know, Very much we, so, yeah. we We put such a uh, bonus on the locomotive abilities that animals have mm-hmm. that trees don't have the same thing. I think that's probably part of it. But I get what you're saying. I mean, if you look at it, right, trees are more obviously a collection of cells that kind of work together symbiotically, you know, where humans or animals we feel like are more like a, a one but you know, I, you know, my okay. I'm just saying generally, right? Yeah. But I understand now that animals are just about the same collection of specialized cells doing different things that just happen to work together. You know, I've never, I don't, you know, we don't call it symbiosis in that thing because it's all in one. But I think you know, I guess because it all shares DNA. It's it's, but you know, it's a collection of cells. There's no real being of one. Not only that, but it's also very much in concert with its environment. So even though their DNA is at a certain point, it wouldn't be able to survive without the other organisms around mm. it and part of its environment in, in order not just for food, but to turn the stuff that isn't your food into food that you can eat. Yeah. And uh, to, like, we have 
colonies of organisms inside us to do various things that our cells are not capable of. I mean, of that's relatively new knowledge, right? Yeah. Got, like, that there's either just as many or slightly more cells in our body that do not contain our DNA right. than there are. You know, you're half not you. You're half a symbiotic organism. Absolutely. You're, you're carrying around a whole bunch of other organisms that sort of evolved to be there in that place. And not only that, but our culture has created... The, 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 we've created these cities and stuff, and we have created niches that weren't there before. House is a great example, one of my favorite examples of this. Not a, not a very great flyer, not a very exceptional uh, organism by other means in terms of like surviving in a jungle or something mm-hmm. like that, but just a perfect organism for feeding on human waste it totally it probably would not be a very successful organism in other situations but we just have we throw waste around we leave it around and well I, I saw a theory on how and we keep it away from other larger predators and other larger yeah, things I saw a theory on how um, dog domestication probably happened and that was the wolves probably started following humans to to take the easy pickings of their messes, cleaning carcasses and whatnot. So, you know, after generations of living the life of cleaning up after the humans, they get more integrated into the society. You know, I mean, I never considered that. Yeah. I considered us finding a wolf, putting a leash on it, and making it behave. But this new idea makes so much more sense. They're just evolving together. It's, it's, They're like, okay, we're yeah. wolves, but we can hunt. Or we can follow these dirty-ass humans mm-hmm. that leave food all over the place. And after several generations... Yeah, and it just goes to show you that, I mean, like, modern dogs would not survive without humans. They would not be... They would... Yeah. N- not... Well, I mean, more than likely they wouldn't survive in the, in the environment without humans. Some would, but most wouldn't. Um, some would... If they could still feed off the garbage of humans, right? Mm-hmm. But not cared for by a human. Right. Some can't even do that. I don't think you could take a Siberian husky and throw it in with the wolves. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to know what an expert. There's always knows. edge cases. So you're but you know, take sure. take take the take the dog that you think is the most fit for survival. Husky mm-hmm. seems like come to mind, right? Uh, it's pretty close to a wolf. Yeah, maybe some sort of hunting dog that might have an advantage at finding things. Yeah, uh, maybe a, a, a Rottweiler, like something with a lot of attack power. But that—that that yeah, I don't just... know if a Rottweiler has. I don't know. Like, okay, so think about like a terrier or something, right? Yeah. That's good for mousing and right. and taking rabbits and going into holes mm-hmm. and stuff, like. Would it be able, if it wasn't a sporting dog, would it be able to do that on its own? I, I think that actually is probably the best chance, right? Because they were going for they were going for small prey that would be relatively abundant. Yeah, maybe. When you think about like, I'm sure we could do f- pull up research on feral dog colonies and see what ones you know are surviving and things like that. I'm sure there's got to be. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely, but, but the question finding is finding ones that aren't surviving on humans' mess, right? Right, right that, that are that have no relations to humans at all. That, that'd be the, the hard part. But so the the interesting thing is like we love thinking the stuff, cool stuff like dinosaurs and shit like that. 
and tri- Tyrannosaurus is, you know, a big one. But when you think about it, you think about the prevalence of in in the natural situation we find them of predators, and, and there's a there's a few predators and a lot of prey because that's all it can really support. You can't support a huge abundance. There were not like billions of Tyrannosaurus rexes. I mean, humans have got themselves in a very interesting place because we're a prime predator that has billions of things alive because right, of how right. we work together. But that's not normally... You know, it's that's a pyramid. The, yeah. It's a... That's not the natural... You know, that that's because we have the assistance of technology that these other creatures didn't have. So there were probably, you know, there, there were thousands, if not maybe even millions of Tyrannosaurus, but not a huge but there amount. But there was a to, governing factor yeah. that kept the population to where it was. Right. And if we didn't have technology, we would have had a governing factor before Exa- that. Exactly, yeah. So I was watching Empire Strikes Back today okay. with Max and Allie. It's the first time Allie's seen it. Mm. You know, she's working her way through. Did you watch Captain America? I forgot to ask you that. Not yet, no. You gotta update your uh, sync thing, by the way. Okay, I will. Um... But one thing that caught me, when they were on Dag- Dagobah, mm-hmm. there were so many lizards and so many snakes and so many everythings. No bugs. Mm. Like, the for, to support that many animals, the mosquitoes would have to be incessant. Yeah. Right. Where are the incessant mosquitoes on Dagobah? But the interesting thing about, like, rainforests is not just... Is that it is... It is a... a, a crucible of life, right? I mean, it's just non-stop, everything is alive and eating everything else and working in this ma- in this mush of just organic blood. So that, so you go in there, it's ridiculously humid. Uh, oh, that's another thing, when, you know, when dinosaurs were around, the earth was pretty much very warm. Uh, so it supported that turn from primarily cold-blooded into sort of half cold-warm into... The, the only survivors mm-hmm. birds which are now warm blooded but anyway uh, like it, uh, these jungles are just this, they're full of life and bugs and uh, and not just life you can see but the life you can see is even mm-hmm. more it's incredibly sure. abundant yeah. so it's it's yeah it's, it's remarkable how how much life there is in certain areas and you go to a desert and yeah there's not a lot of life at all because their opportunities are much more rare so yeah in Dagobah there shouldn't there would be a chance for lizards but there should be bugs everywhere they should be covered with insects and stuff like that yeah yeah the bottom of the food chain was missing on Dagobah yeah <laughs> yeah so a swamp like would be the a similar situation to a, mm-hmm. to a rainforest it's, it's got that that humidity, it's got that, uh, you know, water is everywhere, so it just, so the chances for, for life that we recognize to be around mm-hmm. is right everywhere. So that's the kind of things I notice when I'm watching movies, is like, where are all the fucking bugs? <laughs> Did, have you seen The Force Awakens yet and seen the, that, that first scene that, that I said was... Not since you told me to look for it, no, I haven't seen it. It's too bad. Last time I saw The Force Awakens, I was like, huh... I was picking out like a lot more of like I was a lot more critical than I had been, you know, seeing it in the theaters and whatnot. It's when you can get it in that level, you can like dissect it at home, and yeah, the flaw flaws are going to come out. There's, there aren't many flawless movies. I thought I had the laserdisc version of Empire, but the one I watched today 
had Lucasfilm, you know, like the green, you know, fancy one. And there was a couple of the scenes, like where they're like outside Cloud City, and they show Leia inside and whatnot. I think there was, I think it's the special edition that I have for. How dare I know? I, I actually, it's not as bad as the special edition for A New Hope. You know, yeah. I'm happy I have the theatrical release or the laser disc release for A New Hope. Um, I think that's important. You know, for for Empire, so, I didn't see anything so. that really bothered me. Too badly. Not a big fan of that song. So good. This one is very good. Oh, it's got a beat. Yeah, so I'll watch uh, Captain America with Max here soon. I think you'll like it more because I mean, now that it's not winter time, we're not watching nearly as many movies. Mm-hmm. So, but it's rainy and cold outside. Today so. was raining cold. Yeah, we watched Empire Strikes Back. Mac <laughs> a- Max asked, Ellie hadn't seen it yet. So. What did Ellie think? She liked it. Max, Max didn't even watch the whole thing. He was like, I'm bored. And then his buddy came up the street and they were outside playing. Ellie watched until the end. So. Yeah, I think Max watches Star Wars too much. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, being that he's in preschool and home half the day, and I think he puts it on too much, and he's just like, getting it's sick just, of it. Getting sick of it. It's getting sick of it. I think he uses it just to pass the time. He never finishes a movie, so I think I'm like I'm gonna have to limit his Star Wars time. So yeah. the next time he watches it, he's a little <laughs> hungry for it. You want to influence his, his Star Wars appreciation. I don't know. Yeah, you don't to, I don't to, want him just putting on... I don't want him to use the, you know, watching the, my movie library as a pacifier is what I don't want. Well, we all have our pacifiers. Yeah. I mean, when, when, we, when we get older, it just turns into, like, jerking off instead of, <laughs> <laughs> instead of other things. Um... <laughs> You're lying to yourself if you think it's not a pacifier. No, I, I never thought of it as a pacifier, but it's funny because it's true. <laughs> um, I, I mean, let's see. What, what else would Max like? Any, I mean, he'd like anything. He'd like Transformers, right? He'd like anything that just... As he like and crazy you, shit happening. I, I think I told you fight. he liked Back to the Future two. Uh huh. He didn't like Back to the Future one. Right. He liked Ghostbusters. They both like Goonies. Goonies is great. I forgot about. <laughs> so the line they remember probably the most is when they're in the house and Chunk breaks the penis off that nude statue. <laughs> and like that's Mom's favorite part. <laughs> like the most adult joke in the whole thing, and that's what the kids hooked on to. <laughs> well, it's different because we didn't. When we were kids, we didn't talk about that stuff. But now, I mean, that's just yeah. The kids know about that stuff because we're oh. So we just had Heather and I just had our anniversary on the twelfth. Happy anniversary! Thank you. At fifteen years, Happy and anniversary times fifteen, and Allie was like, so are you guys gonna go? And Heather's like, what? And you're like, you know, go. And Heather's like, what? And you're like, you know. She'd be like, yeah, you wanna watch? <laughs> <And> Heather's <laughs> like, 
I don't know. I don't know exactly how other responded, but she came and told me. I was like, I can't believe you know, eight years old. What the hell? Hey, you know, it, it's not like it used to be where sex was something that you didn't talk about until high school. Mm-hmm. It, it, right. It's something you tell your kids when they're young. You know? Right. That's that's well, I, I, you know. But that Ellie but, asked where babies came from. Well, I mean, or, the great how, thing the great I, thing about that is now kids are so much more accepting of like sexual things because it's just it, it's just stuff that go they don't care like now people keep kids are gay in high school and, they're, and they're I, blew, I blew Allison's, I blew Allison's mind she wanted to know how babies came out of the belly uh-huh I'm like well they come out through the vagina it... what oh my god ew no way and Heather's like Great I can't so, kid. Heather's like I can't believe you told her that she's gonna be gone in school telling kids that babies come out of the vagina I'm like okay what's wrong with that yeah <laughs> That's that's correct. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't ask how babies got made yet, but she asked how they came out of the belly. Well, so she knows about sex. Uh, yes, I guess we guess she does. I mean, I don't. I well, wasn't she, there. She doesn't know that babies come from sex, but she knows about. It. She knows that it's an activity. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And well, I mean, like she knows that you drink too, right? Yeah. Um, and when you're a kid, it, uh, when you're that age, it, I, in, in some weird way, it makes sense that there are things adults do and there are things that kids do, and adults can drink and kids can't, and that's just it. They don't recognize that it's because you have to be experienced with alcohol because it messes up with your judgment. That's not something that she's not she's considering. It's just there's something adults do and there's something that kids do. Right. Because she notices, well, kids play and adults don't play, or at least they don't play in the same way. Mm-hmm. So there's a definite bifurcation there between kids and adults. So yeah. Who's this? Nora Jones. Oh, Nora Jones. Okay. I'm just playing some some stuff that uh, like we're like bumpers on Fish Center. Okay. Actually, this reminds me. I was listening to some of the Alabama Shakes. Really good female voice. When this is finished, I'll, I'll play okay. a from them. Let you hear them. Yeah, so... You guys gotta go do... Uh, <laughs> I mean, good for her, right? I mean, I'm half proud when she figures stuff out, but... And I'm not gonna make it weird. But, like, I... I wasn't there, so I'm like, was she really talking about sex? And Heather's like, I'm pretty sure she was. It'll be interesting when she starts to know people who are gay. And she starts to know people who, especially since transgender transgender Fridays on NPR, she's going to eventually know somebody (laughs) who's transgender. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, how she will look at that. Because right now, the, the kids kids don't care about that at all it's, that's not important mm-hmm. yeah it's it will be interesting I'm trying to think where I want to go, go with this well let me but, go yeah, to I mean, the bathroom we've, I mean, we've talked about things before right how like you know, how fast things are okay I gotta find you know what let's uh, do I'm gonna start doing Amazon Anonymous oh, okay, while you're going to the bathroom sure. Okay, so I'm trying to pull up the affiliate program, but it's not in my personal browser history anymore. 
which is interesting. So I'm going to hear, actually, let's turn on the music now that Nora Jones is done. Play some Alabama Shakes. And i got to log into the Craft Beer Radio account for wrong account. Exciting radio. This is the only downside of recording straight to the Zoom hardware recorders is that there's no pause button and stopping would be difficult. Password. Didn't want to talk because I probably would have said my password out loud. Where if we did the old way, pausing was relatively easy, but fraught with peril, as you've experienced lost shows and post shows and things like that before. This locked me into the wrong account again, didn't it? No. Okay, this is right. Um, I get to the affiliate program. Having a hard time here, Greg. My browser history is not pulling up the affiliate program URL. Uh-oh. So I, I'm like, well, I logged in and I can't find the link to the affiliate program. This affiliate program at Amazon.com doesn't work? Affiliate dash program. Dash program. See how that works. There we go. All right. Well, I haven't done this in a long, long time. Let's look at the last month here. Month date. Full report of the earnings summary. Now this was in. Um, Mr. Robot. This is the end oh. of this first season of Mr. Robot. Okay. We're sorry. Error could we try to... Pro- okay, well, that's great. Well, this means that we don't have... What's that? Dead air. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Enjoy the Alabama shakes while we suck. Okay. Uh, so many delicious options here. Oh, okay. Here's one for you. Someone bought... Someone bought the Jedpool Tools 80-220 incorporated, included 80-220 hose connector 9-inch. You know, it's going to be summertime. Get your pool supplies in order. You can get this Jedpool Tools 80-220 ink 80-220 hose connector 9-inch for only $5.16 with free shipping for orders over $50. You can buy a lot of other stuff to get this little hose connector, but... If you need a hose connector, you can connect your hoses. That's a... Okay. Frequently bought with the Intex Surface 
Skimmer. Alright, so someone bought a popcorn machine, and with it they also bought uh, a case of 500 popcorn bags! Whoa, let's start a movie theater. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, I guess it's one of those things like you'll never run out of 500. Or it'll be really unlikely for you to run out of 500 <laughs> after a whole while. Let's see, I bought a, a bunch of... When I bought uh, my um, AeroPress... I not only, you know, it not only came with the thing, I also bought an extra pack of the filters. I think I'm, like, just almost going to break into oh, the filters right. now. Yeah. <laughs> they last a long yeah, time. Yeah, they last a while. So, yeah, this is uh, little packs of, of popcorn. That you can just get the bag. I think that that's cool. Not for the whole popcorn thing, but, like, you can just... These kind of things that you always saw, you can get them. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to have bags of something, you have to get a case of five hundred of them. But it's only fourteen bucks. This has been so long. Let me see if there's a uh, another thing that's worth mentioning. There's the blue microphone Yeti USB microphone silver, a hundred bucks for it. Looks like a, a lot of podcasters use that. Yeah, it looks like a Letterman type microphone. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a fancy old school corduroy corduroy microphone, yeah. but it's a USB. Someone bought some aluminum oxide grinding discs, twenty five pack. So if you need to grind something. Amazon.com or craftyourradio.com slash Amazon. Something about Washington Nationals adjustable hat. I'm guessing that was my parents. Okay. A couple Spiegelow glasses were purchased. Good for you. You won't regret those. All right. That was Amazon. That was the worst Amazon Anonymous I've ever done. But, you know. <laughs> Whatevs. All right. Um, so I, I've got interesting things to, to talk okay. about. Okay. Let's talk about it. All right. So I, I, I mentioned this in, in, in a tweet. Um, it sort of relates to what we're talking about with, with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, there's a, we have a distinction between you know adult and child. Uh, but there are other creatures for which that distinction is even more pronounced. Okay. Um, at, yet there, there's a... So I guess there's there's a tendency to think well adult is is the ultimate expression of the organism, but that's not necessarily true. Okay. Uh, the example that, that came to mind was flies, but there are other examples. Um, cicadas is, is the one that really comes to mind for, oh, okay. for where the 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 youth the the, the larva is the majority of the life form. Right. It exists yeah. in its larval form for seven some of these up to seventeen years, and then. It exists in its adult form, which is the only form it can reproduce sexually, for about two weeks. Right. So, and it really, it's a drastic difference in form. I, I never thought about this, but I'm wondering what the evolutionary advantage of that is, right? Because you... I mean, the goal... I don't know if you can really say goal is the right term, but the, you know the goal is to just yeah, goal doesn't come into evolution. Yeah, it's just about what works. What works, but I mean, if if right, but the only thing that's going to 
be successful in keeping that gene line moving on is the reproductive state. Right. So you need to get to that reproductive state. So you need to have the reproductive state at some point. But in terms of... What's the pressure to allow something to sit in the, you know, larval or nymph, nymph state for 17 years? It's not like it needs that much time to develop, does it? Right, no. No, that's the thing, is yeah. that the majority I mean, for like of humans, life, for humans, it needs the time to develop. Right, because babies are just little humans. Yeah. Uh, whereas, that's not the case for cicadas. It's not the case for flies. You have maggot form, and you have this adult fly form. Some adults, I think cicadas is an example of this, the adults don't even eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just there to mate, really. It's just a totally different form that, that the genes are expressed that's in. kind of what butterflies are, too, yeah. right? Some, I think they, 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 they eat their tongues, they eat nectar and stuff like that, but yeah. But I mean, the game's over once you turn into a butterfly. It's time to fuck. <laughs> it's time to shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Um, and there are other organisms that, are like that, that, that have this very, this very different sexual process than they do, or rep- reproductive process than they do uh, living process, or standard, or most of their time. Jellyfish is an example. You know, we used to them being this... Um, floating thing, but they actually, they, they actually have a thing that goes down to the ground sort of like as a plant comes up and buds off jellyfish. Okay. Uh, the There are some... There's uh, Sea squirts is... Uh, um, uh, I think it's a mammal. Not a mammal. I think it's, a, it's an animal. It, it's, it's a... Um, yeah, it definitely is an animal. What it ha- but it's... Um, its juvenile form has a brain and it's sort of it's like a tadpole and it moves okay. and then it finds some some place to uh to to attach itself and then turns into a sea squirt and its brain is turned into other stuff so it doesn't use its brain anymore and it's just consumed uh to turn into the the other stuff so mm-hmm. it, it has a, a period of time where it is f- it is free roaming and then most of its life is spent not okay. free roaming and so there's there's interesting situations that's come up but I, I I just love the idea that because that's not something we we think of when you think about encountering aliens mm-hmm. for example you, you even when you think well they may be like crazy in their form you right. still think well they're going to be kind of like us but even just on Earth that's not the case. What if they have two radically different forms? Or three? Yeah, I mean, that's... It's kind of like how... Um, what's the... What's the animal that uh, mates and... Uh, like, the male... is anglerfish, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a type, of, a type of angler, right. Where, like, the male gets absorbed... Essentially, the, into the female it, it, and yeah, becomes just genitals or something. Basically, it's it's a very deep sea organism. So uh, the the theory is that it's hard to find mates, and so when they do, uh, the males are much smaller than the female, and the males basically chomp on the female, sort of get in and get their blood supply, so they can sort of feed on that, mm-hmm. and then essentially they connect themselves to the female. Their gonads are there to give the female sperm, and then the rest of what they are basically 
disintegrates away, and you're left with a pack of gonads attached to female. And there could be like a couple of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it works for them. <laughs> so your life has found some interesting ways to work, huh? You know, it's... I think that there are there's probably even like radically more interesting stuff that we're not aware of because it happens on these single cell stuff that we aren't paying as much attention to but there's probably like really interesting stuff in the dynamics of the cell going on that we're not looking at yeah I don't know it's pretty interesting when you have a macroorganism like a anglerfish who yeah. does something that crazy where the male disappears and morphs into just a pair of balls for the female it's yeah life is is not not easy to classify in mm-hmm. in like in, in strict terms it, there's it's what part of the reason why it's so wildly successful is because it's very adaptable right it uh it it, it simply is it, i mean it, it is adapt or die but it's all cards are on the table, and any sort of thing that works is what works. It, it, it's not a question of aesthetics. It's not mm-hmm. a question of, you know, oh, I find this to be more interesting, more appealing than this option. No, it's what works. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be successful. Uh, and so, yeah, whatever comes up, comes about, that comes about. I, I mean, I, it's, it's an open question, as far as I know, as to how sex itself evolved. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think there was probably. I mean, there, there's more diverse, you know, you know, getting more diversity in the gene pool, right? Sort of, so. but we know that uh, at the level of like microorganisms, there's uh, a lot of times, especially early and still now, there's a horizontal gene transfer. So there's mm. they they are still exchanging genetic information, it's just without the, the, the sexual out this, this sexual process, whereas the sexual process is, is within. Um, you know, very tight groups. So, whereas you could, you know, one type of bacteria could potentially horizontally gene transfer with a fungus, they can't mate sexually. They're, mm-hmm. they're too different. Uh, sexuality has to be things that are very close right. together. So, I was listening, I think it was Radiolab, I was listening to a show where they were talking about how the mitochondria were incorporated, how they mm-hmm. were they were bacteria, I think? Or Yeah, the it seems like they were a uh, type of bacteria that was absorbed yeah, for, and, and, and formed the first uh, eukaryotic cell cells, eukaryotes. And uh, I mean that's it. You know, all mitochondrial DNA like traces back to this one event. Like it happened in a cell, right? You know, and all cellular life that we have today arrived from this one. Um, chimera, this one merger of these two different life forms. Well, you could say, well, one, the one that survived. The one that survived, yeah. Nothing else was successful to live to today. There may have been other, you know, sparks that started, but they all burned out. Good point. Good point. Just how successful this one was, though. You know, it outcompeted everything else if it ever happened before. Um, so it, it's, it was really interesting. Uh, I don't know what it was called, but if you can go find it, it was a really cool episode. I'm not telling Greg. He doesn't like Radio Lab, But for everyone else listening, um, 
it was a pretty cool ver- uh, story. Yeah, and it, it is very interesting because eukaryotes are you know a minority in terms of the total amount of life that's on the planet. I mean, it, it, you know, all the bacteria and stuff is not eukaryotic, They're, but we have yeah these these mitochondria that are our energy stuff, which yeah are seems like an absorbed or because like I said, it has different DNA than than we do. Uh, it has its own DNA. There's a whole section. Oh, what was it? They're talking about. The some kind of energetic valley that is hard to get from one state to another state, mm-hmm. and this merger, you know, helped them bridge that valley or something. And that was a big part of the story. But I don't remember any of the details for that part. Did that happen? That that must have happened before the oxygenation event, I believe. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm not sure entirely either. But I know that there's there's been some research recently. I saw a recent, I was reading a recent article about. The oxygenation event. The, the, it, they thought it was. They think it happened um, earlier in the life of Earth than we expected, so that uh, complex life was around for longer than we expect. Because mm-hmm. um, it needed it needed that energy from oxygen to be to be more complex, and then that allowed other organisms that didn't have weren't using oxygen to still take the more complex versions of energy that was from the waste. So at least that that's how I understand it. But again, I mean, you know, particle physics is my thing. Biology. I'm, I'm not, I'm nowhere near an expert. I'm reasonably, Oh, not, not even well read. I wouldn't even call myself well read in it. It's like, I know some things, mm-hmm. but anybody could totally school me if they have any idea of what's going sure. on. But I'm fascinated by it. It's one, it's one of the things I'm, I'm fascinated by, but I just didn't choose to study. Uh, and <laughs> right. there are lots of those. When you when you get deep into a subject, you sort of realize how much you're missing out on other stuff. But you're like, well, I found the subject I'm going to go deep into. Right. Yeah. Hey, ladies. Ladies, let me tell you about my podcast. (laughs) I get together every Saturday with a guy. We go down to the basement. And we drink beers. We've gone on for 11 years. (laughs) And we talk about it for about three hours every Saturday. You want to have sex? (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing, though, right? Uh... Girl or boy, uh, if you want to fuck, you want to fuck. It, it doesn't matter, kind of who it is. Essentially, it's just like you can find the right person. You know, if you go to a bar and just go around, you're gonna find someone who's DTF. I've <laughs> been out of that game for 15 years, man. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like that option is. It, it's not like everyone is constantly judging each other. Sometimes people mm-hmm. just want to just get it over with and just <laughs> you know, you're not going to have a, a whole relationship with them, but sometimes just want to just got to get that that urge mm-hmm. and just get it done. Yes, sir. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. You DTF? If, if anybody's going to be in Washington, D.C. and just has that urge... Greg's got a hotel room. That's right. It's Calm. Be, 
It's a nice hotel room. You're not going to have the mint shampoo, though, this year. Damn it. No, I'm not going to have the mint shampoo, but it's still going to be in the Hyatt Regency downtown. <laughs> nice room. King-size bed. Nice. You can fit four or five ladies in there. It's going to be hard to find that many people DTF. <laughs> Down T- DT five some. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're about dry, huh? Yeah, I think so. All right, catch you next time, peeps. Stay sexy. <laughs> <laughs>